Well, it is uh, so good to, to be together, praying that uh, you are uh, grateful to be here as well. You know, we've been uh, saying, and, and uh, it, it's part of our vision statement, that um, not only is nobody perfect, but everyone is welcome here. Uh, the idea is, is that uh, when we think about everyone is welcome, I know that sometimes that's a little bit hard uh, for us to, to put into practice, but we work really, really hard at it. In fact, We've got a volunteer uh, uh, in the AV team right now who, he's wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, and, and he is still welcome here. <laughs> I appreciate Matt's enthusiasm. It might just be the fact that I'm hurting a little bit as a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Um, if you were watching the game on Thursday night, you know that as we... As I was watching Joe Burrow get injured, I mean, there was all this, like, you know, expectation and, and uh, looking forward to a, a great year. And, and Joe goes down with, with a wrist injury, and Friday morning we find out that, um, that he's done for the season, which means I'm thinking, ah, the Bengals are done for the season. And um, I, I had gotten word from my daughter, who lives out in Illinois, and um, Sam sent us a, a text, and, and uh, she was talking about uh, Jerome, our five-year-old, who he and his little brother, Eddie, are huge Bengals fans. And it's because uh, their dad, Luke, is a Bengals fan. Uh, he and his dad have season tickets, so they'll drive into town and watch a game. And, and uh, in fact, Jerome's even been to a game or two. But um, it, they were picking up a pizza to take back to the family for dinner Friday night, and... Uh, and Luke is talking to his son, Jerome, about, man, buddy, it is a bummer that uh, Joe is out for the year. And Jerome says, it's okay, Daddy. There are other Bengal players, too. Not just Joe Burrow. We, wrote f- we don't just root for Joe Burrow. We root for the Bengals. And, you know, it's like wisdom is all around us. The question is whether or not we want to listen to it. Because I was thinking, I wanted to respond to my daughter. I said, man, I love that little boy's innocence. But innocence ain't going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, wisdom is all around us. question is whether or not we're willing to listen to it. You know, we're in this series about the Holy Spirit. And we've been learning that, uh, that God is giving to his people something incredible. The question is whether or not we're willing to listen to what it is that he's given us. You know, last week when we kicked off this series, we, were, we learned one of the foundational truths is that uh, the Holy Spirit is a who not a what. And in being the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit truly becomes God's presence in a very personal way to every believer. And so as Jesus was leaving his disciples and he was going to ascend back to his father, he promised his disciples, hey guys, I'm going to leave you another advocate, someone who's going to come and is going to comfort you, assure you, give this confidence that even though I, Jesus, your Lord, is going to be apart from you, you still will have the power that is made available. 
because I'm sending him. He's going to be with you. He's going to help you in your journey. So not only is the, the Holy Spirit this, this helper or comforter, uh, but this week we also want to see that, that uh, there is this truth that Jesus is allowing us to understand. And, and in this moment where Jesus is, is leaving uh, the disciples, he tells them something so important in John chapter 16. I want you to see what, what he says here in this moment. He says, very truly I tell you, he's talking to those disciples that are in the room with him. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, if you're like me, you might look at those words and, and think that the disciples would have been better off had Jesus stayed with them. But that would be, that would be so short-sighted. Because in bodily form, Jesus can't be everywhere with everyone. I mean, play that out. Where would that leave you today? And so he, he gives us the, the Holy Spirit so that he can dwell with us and in us, every one of us, everywhere. We have access to God in this moment that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And his presence is made personal and we're able to experience the goodness that God wants every one of us to experience. And so only when Jesus returns to his Father does the Holy Spirit come in his place to be this comforter, to be this helper. But also, Jesus wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit is going to be a counselor or a good word for us, is a guide. That in this moment that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, just as he was dwelling there in the apostles and, and those disciples that were there in Jerusalem, that there is something about this role of counselor or God or guide that will speak to us in a very powerful way. So grab your Bible this morning, and let's uh, jump into John chapter 14. Now, we were here last week, but there's so much going on in John chapter 14 that we can't get to everything in one week. Uh, maybe uh, you uh, have your phone, and, and uh, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible app on the phone or open up the church app. Uh, go to the notes section. We've already opened up the scripture for you this morning. But here in John chapter 14, Jesus is promising his disciples the Holy Spirit is going to come. And in this conversation, it all started by the phrase that, hey guys, uh, I'm going to a place to prepare for you. And, and uh, once I go there, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, the disciples are kind of saying, hey, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to go to the Father. And, and in that moment, uh, Philip is is asking Jesus, well, instead of going to the Father, can you just show us the Father? That will be enough. And Jesus says, guys, here's the deal. When you see the Son, 
meaning the Son of Man, you will see the Father. The Son always does what the Father instructs him to do. You see, the Father is in the Son, and the Son even says whatever the Father instructs him to say. And so Jesus is is giving this whole statement about that um, when you see the Father, uh, you see the Son, that the that the, the two uh, are closely connected. And Jesus then turns the implication of that truth right to his disciples. And, and he tells his followers these words. He says in verse 23, If a man loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And again, he's talking about the fact that he only says what his Father is telling him to say. And this idea is that if you love me, you will keep my word. Just like when the disciples saw Jesus, they saw the Father, Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's telling you and I, That when the world sees the disciples, they should see Jesus. Or maybe to say it another way, the follower of Jesus looks like Jesus. He's given these instructions to his disciples. And he wants them to understand that that they are going to be his representatives to the world. Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he calls us ambassadors for Christ, that we represent Jesus. Now, this idea of the followers of Jesus look like Jesus is significant because Jesus looked drastically different. What I'm about to say, I know that it's obvious, but I think sometimes it's helpful just to hear it out loud. No one would have listened to Jesus if he was a jerk. No one would have come to him. The crowds would not have traveled great distances to listen and to be with Jesus if he was a jerk. It just wouldn't have happened. But instead, the crowds, they come, they're looking for him. They're trying to figure out where he is because Jesus, whenever he saw people, he stopped and he interacted with them. He spoke with kindness and with gentleness. He didn't have to always get the last word in. Jesus would stop. He would take time to eat with people whose life choices were drastically different than his own. He would go out of his way in order to show love for those who were of a different race. He wasn't interested in being at the top of the organizational chart. In fact, Jesus would get on his knees and he would wash the feet of other people. Nobody would have listened to Jesus. Nobody would have wanted to be with Jesus if he was a jerk. But instead, Jesus looked completely different because Jesus looked like the Father. What Jesus shows us, I think, is this. Compassion leads to credibility. Compassion leads to credibility every time. 
Jesus was able to speak with authority because he first won their hearts. A woman was caught in adultery, and she was brought there in front of the crowd, thrown at Jesus' feet. And Jesus, he shows compassion. He doesn't join in with the crowd in exposing her sin and calling her out. Instead, he defends her humanity to everyone that is there holding a stone in their hand. Which is crazy because though he's the only one justified, Jesus does not condemn her. And I'm sure that this woman many times... After that encounter with Jesus, she would bring to mind the words and even hear it in his voice, go and sin no more. See, compassion leads to credibility. He won their heart. He showed them that he cared, that he recognized them, that he noticed them. And then when he spoke into their lives, they were ready to receive it. You know, Nobody does truth and grace like Jesus Christ. And my prayer is is that that we as a people, uh, as a church family, and as followers of Jesus Christ, that we would learn to show compassion in such a way that it leads to the opportunity to speak truth into people's lives. I mean, it's the compassion that has been going on for years here that provides meals through Project One Hope. Uh, that, that speaks into people's lives and lets them know that they matter. Uh, we've got this sharing box that is around the side entrance uh, of our church that is there that is filled with non-perishable items that uh, in, the entire community is aware of, and they come and they freely take out of it. Some people put something in, some people take things out, and it just blesses as the community shares with one another in the name of Jesus Christ. Compassion just leads to credibility. I mean, those gift tags, John was talking about this earlier, those gift tags that are on the angel tree provide an opportunity to show compassion, to reach in to people's desperate need within their lives, to feel valued, to feel as if they can provide for their own families. And so when we help other people and we show compassion, we have the opportunity to speak into their lives and tell them that we have something more. We have someone more that they desperately need. See, compassion leads to credibility. And as Jesus was teaching his disciples of what it looked like to to be like him, Uh, What he also wants them to understand is that the followers of Jesus looks like Jesus because they listen to Jesus. The reason the followers of Jesus can show the world who Jesus is is because they spend time listening to Jesus. They've been walking with him. They've been been learning what it is that that Jesus wants for them and, and how to live their lives in such a way that other people experience Jesus in them. The phrase we use is to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Now, it is one thing for Jesus to be your Savior, but is he your Lord? 
And, you know, I've mentioned this before. Um, Kids, especially young kids, they love the idea of Jesus being their Lord. When you talk to a young individual, elementary age, and as they're learning about Jesus and they're learning about God, they are all for this idea of like, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. They love the idea of being uh, in his word and being obedient and saying that Jesus is the one who kind of leads them, who kind of guides them. The, that, you know, the phrase that I like to think is, they're okay, they are actually okay with saying, Jesus is the boss of me. But honestly, young kids, they're a little bit fuzzy when it comes to this idea of what sin and the consequences of sin really is. And so this idea of Jesus being their savior, it's a little bit kind of like just hazy. But you compare that with adults. Adults love the idea of Jesus as their savior. They're a little bit fuzzy and a little bit hazy with the idea of Jesus as their Lord. I mean, we lean in hard at this point of our lives as we get a little bit older, get a little bit more jaded, and we're the first to say, nobody's perfect, dude. In fact, we kind of lean in to this phrase and the statement that the world wants us all to grab a hold of is that a loving God isn't going to send anyone to hell anyway. And we're counting on the fact that we're saved, but the idea of Jesus being our Lord, that's, I mean, seriously, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, and it's a new world. Times are different. It's out of date. We love the idea of Jesus being our Savior. The question is whether or not he is our Lord. You see, the followers of Jesus look like Jesus Because they listen to Jesus. Now, for sure, you aren't saved by good works. But you are saved for good works. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think that as we listen to these words and recognize that, okay, we're not saved by doing good things, but instead we're saved in order that we might do the good works that God's prepared for us, many Christians have mistaken God's purpose for them. In fact, the longer that you walk with Jesus, the longer that you've been a follower of Jesus, the longer that you've been in church, there's a good chance that you have mistaken or maybe have kind of just misplaced God's purpose for you. The goal is not for you to get to heaven. The goal is for you to bring heaven to earth. That's what Jesus was doing. And that's what Jesus wants his followers to do as well. He, he wants us to bring heaven to earth. Yes, salvation is prepared. But until then, may we bring Jesus and his kingdom to this earth so that other people might experience it as well. But here's the rub. Jesus knows that we can't do it on our own. 
And, and so that's why he tells his disciples and he tells us these words. He says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know, they had seen the, the disciples as they're walking with Jesus and experiencing his life for those three years of his ministry. They seen the Spirit's power at work. Uh, they've seen these miracles that Jesus has accomplished. The way that Jesus has brought people back to life. How he has fed thousands. How he makes blind people see and lame people walk. And he removes demons out of the afflicted. And it's all about the power that is made available because the Holy Spirit is within him. And, and they see this, this fruit of his character. Not just as Jesus kind of like doing amazing things, but as he walks in and he notices people in their pain and in their affliction. He stops and he talks to those in their need. He's able to recognize people as who they are, created in the image of God, and not basically this, this idea of their demographic or their position in life. It's all about what Jesus has been showing them and demonstrating for them. And the Holy Spirit, even though Jesus is going to leave and return to his Father, the Holy Spirit is going to continue to show them and remind them all that Jesus has been instructing them. See, the Spirit is essential for your relationship with both the Son and the Father. I mean, he says, you know, if you see the Son, you see the Father. And when the world sees you, I pray that they see me because I will be in you and the Father will be in you. Your relationship with the Son and the Father is dependent on the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Spirit is, is at work. You see, the, the Spirit is what reveals my sin to me. It's the Spirit that points me to holiness. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he, he writes these words about living in the Spirit and how the Spirit produces fruit in their life. It's in Galatians chapter 5. You're probably aware or familiar with the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, that list of these items are those, those things that many of us would want in our life. We would love to have more peace in our life. We would love to have more kindness and joy, be able to show patience to other people. We would love all those things to be abundant in us. But here's the thing. Those, that's just the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life. See, the Holy Spirit is producing you and pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, shaping your character to be like His. It's important for us to remember salvation is an event, character formation is a process, it takes time. Uh, Spiritual word there is maturity. 
It, it takes time to grow. It takes time to mature. And the Holy Spirit will do whatever it takes to make you Christ-like in all areas of your life. He will take your childlike faith and stretch you to trust him even more. The Holy Spirit will take your selfish heart and he'll mold it to be sacrificial in every way. The Holy Spirit will take your pride, he'll strip it down so that you might recognize that humility is the path to greatness. The Holy Spirit will take your life of ease and comfort and he'll lead you on the hard road of total dependence. It's the Holy Spirit who takes your secret sins and he brings them to light so that you might understand what grace truly is and so that you might find forgiveness. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to create in you holy character. The problem is we want the fruit but resist the pruning. And so the Holy Spirit is at work. In fact, the fruit of the Spirit is directly connected to the Lordship of Christ in your life. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? And as you trust him and as you listen to Jesus and as you follow him and as you surrender to him, you'll start to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit there in your life. The followers of Jesus, they look like Jesus, not by their might and not by their doing, but instead by his power that is at work within them. I love how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him. He's talking about Jesus as we are changed into his glorious image. And it's the Holy Spirit who makes us more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who's able to fill us with his presence and we trust in him. He reminds us of all that Jesus has taught us. He reminds us of all that Jesus is capable of doing. It's the Holy Spirit who reminds us that the path to following Jesus is one of complete surrender. And as we seek his will. So the question I have for you is, who do people see when they see you? When the world looks at you. Now let's, let's, let's just back up a little bit. When your spouse sees you, who do they see? When your kids see you, who do they see? When your parents see you. Who do they see? You see, that the followers of Jesus, they look like Jesus because they listen to Jesus. So the question is, are you listening to Jesus? He comes to us and speaks to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is all around us. The question is whether or not we're willing to listen to it. And so as you and I recognize what the Holy Spirit can do, Give us this assurance, this comfort to know that even in the midst of our struggles and our trials, that he is with us and he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And we also recognize that the Holy Spirit gives us his presence so that we might remember what Jesus' will is for our life. And we follow his path and his way.
And, and we recognize that the path to greatness is humility. To recognize, to see the needs of those around us. To, to show compassion so that we might also share with them Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I want to leave you with. And it's that the Holy Spirit will lead you to a holy life. Do you have the Holy Spirit in your life? You see, he wants to do this work within you and, and create this holy character so that we might reflect Jesus to the world around us and to share his love. But you've got to have the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. Then you need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to shape you, to do his work within you. We receive the presence of the Holy Spirit at that moment when we are baptized. Paul, Peter tells us to, to repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins and so that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about some miraculous demonstration of speaking in tongues or prophesying. He's talking about the gift of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. My prayer is, is that you recognize that you can't achieve this life in pursuit of a holy character without the presence of the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Lord God, we are so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that you've given us your presence in the Holy Spirit. That we might recognize that uh, you are at work in us. And that uh, we trust in your leading and in your guidance. Lord, I pray that we would submit to your will just as your son submitted to your will. I pray, Lord, that we would trust in his words and that we would speak his words uh, to those around us. Lord God, I pray that your will might be accomplished in every one of us and as we trust in the name of Jesus Christ that we might reflect that love to, to those around us. But we're grateful that it, First, you're at work in us. May we surrender. May we experience the blessing of your presence. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.